know Your ass better call somebody Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time! It's time! Ball Junk episode 45, the Gilbert Dion edition. It's the gas man. It's Frankie Knuckles. Frank, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I just woke up. It's, well, not just, but an hour ago. It's 2.20 in the afternoon, so that tells you a bit about the, the state of my life. My sleep is completely fucked. Uh, I can't sleep at all. I, I'm a, I'm a wreck. My sleep patterns you, are a disaster. Do you remember Gilbert Dion? I do not. Uh, he was, uh, he was part of the Canadians in the uh, early '90s. He was famous. He was only famous for one thing. Uh, when the Canadians were playing the Sabers in the playoffs in '93, the year they won the cup, he uh, tipped in a goal and then proudly pointed at his chest like it was me 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 i remember me, that okay yeah, yeah. Right, okay yeah. that was that was gilbert dion nice i have the to, only person sorry i'm gonna steal that. your thunder here too because i have to say we have a guest and i just we wanted to say sean got sean's here sean dwyer from film junk <laughs> yes hi thanks for having me guys i mean this is crazy I'm did just, you intend to do the high well i didn't get to finish what i was going to say did you intend to do a version of like no a, a I, bad that version was of accidental i guess it just comes naturally at this point but um but anyway was, sean got I, to witness the intro and i couldn't help but notice the smile on his face i was just gonna it's say, how it i react amazing. every time <laughs> yeah it just brings joy <laughs> Yeah, I'm loving it already. So, yeah, I mean... There's uh, an extra I, factor I mean, to seeing it. Like, the, the point, it was... Mm-hmm. Sean was loving it, and as I always do. Well, that's good. So, we, Sean, uh, you're here today because... Uh, um, well, first of all, Disney Plus is uh, bringing out a Mighty Ducks television show, and I'm trying to get Frank... Uh, trying to convince Frank that we got to watch this show and talk about it during the podcast. But... Uh, in order to talk about that, I felt that we needed to watch the Mighty Ducks movie, which I had never seen before. And so who better to join us in a movie review would be Mr. Sean Dwyer, who I also learned today had also never seen the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah, I'd really? like to say I'm like the Mighty Ducks expert here, but I am not. Never I seen it. I guess I'm the duck uh, head Which here. is a little surprising. but I've probably seen it like 30 times. <laughs> really? Yeah, wow. that's a trend with Disney stars is I watched three movies this week that I probably have seen 30 times minimum each of these movies and have not watched in 30 years. So it was a surreal experience to watch Sister Act, Three Men and a Baby and The Mighty Ducks all this week. It was uh, reminded me of how I used to rent movies and watch them five times a day and five times the next day before I took them back. It's it's crazy. But Sean also loves hockey. He's a huge hockey fan. And junior hockey, the Ducks are kind of junior hockey. But, you know, if your recommendation for TV shows is anything like The Young Rock, which we watched and are going to talk about as well, well, I'm not sure about the Mighty Ducks at this point. (laughs) Or the Duck Revival. But we'll get into that. We will get into that. And we also have Sean here because, quite frankly, I've barely watched any sports except for the Super Bowls. So now Sean will have watched the least sports out of anyone here. So, <laughs> yeah, that is I true. Get to, 
defer to him. I still can't believe you're not watching the NBA, man. It's it's been pretty good. I mean, I haven't not watched it. I've watched some stuff here and there, but every time I'm like, there's a good Pelicans game, and not surprisingly, it's on TV. A lot of people are talking about the Pelicans. Like a lot of podcasts yeah. I listen to, they come up a lot because people want to talk about Zion Williamson, and it's frustrating for me because number one, they frustrate me a lot, and they are. They still fourth quarter. They're pretty awful, but then they'll they beat really good teams and play really well against awesome teams, and then shit the bet against every other team. And then when I go to watch a game against a good team, it's not on TV because I have League Pass and I don't have all the sports channels anymore. Because literally, when I had the sports channels, every game I wanted to watch was on. Sportsnet one or the one sports channel I didn't get and I would have to buy that one and then I would end up spending $20 to watch one game and never watch anything else and then I'm like well now what do I do so I just cut it all got NBA league pass and didn't watch anything so I'm the fucking worst well I wouldn't say you're the worst it's you know it's it's all right man (laughs) but NFL is just so good (laughs) I watched a lot of NFL Oh yeah, and so uh, the last time we did the show was uh, was right before the Super Bowl, right? I th- uh, a little before that, before NFL playoffs, I think, with the the ball junk drop oh, yeah. on New Year's. That's right. It was New Year's. Uh, was the the last uh, time we did a show. Um, so your your thoughts on the NFL uh, playoffs? You know, your Bills <laughs> had a really good run. They played well. They then, did. Uh, it was surreal, like extremely surreal. To watch the the best season and possibly my favorite sports team of all time. Like I think we talked about that on that episode as well. It was a a sack time question. Like I've never liked a team so much in my life. And in particular, Stefan Diggs is the greatest. Like I love him. And uh I was just this is the my favorite team. I didn't get to go see a single game live. I watched every game practically from my bed. And it was almost like it wasn't happening. It was, I don't know. It was strange. I was fearful that they might end up against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And then he would rip my heart out yet again, which started uh, when I was a Raiders fan. And it would just, just would have been the worst. So, you know, Bills will be back next year, Super Bowl bound. I'll get to go to some games, hopefully. And uh, everything worked out. But I did watch the Super Bowl, and that game was a piece of garbage. But the playoffs were great. The playoffs were great. I mean, your your biggest fear was that uh, the Bills would, would do well, and then they would cancel the season due to yes. COVID reasons. That <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. They, the season actually turned out pretty good. And uh, in the, the, the playoff games they played, I mean, there was no, there was no real uh, uh, referee uh, issues that, Wasn't that too you, bad. you had. That it was all right. The officials were pretty good, and then uh, unfortunately they ran into uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who uh, you know he's really good. Were just a little, were they were just a little bit better. And really, I good. I have to blame the Browns. The fact that the Browns couldn't take care of business with Mahomes out of the game is the worst. Because the Bills could have had a home playoff game for that. It was so close, and this seems to be a touchy, a touchy subject uh, with the NFL, the touchback rule when you fumble through the end zone and a lot of hot takes on the touchback rule. I am firmly 
in the the camp that it should not be a turnover. Like what what is it preventing? I still don't understand why that rule exists. You can't fumble forward to get a touchdown anymore. So it's stop there's no incentive for teams to fumble forward and get the ball in the end zone. What like exploit of the game is that rule preventing? I don't know why it exists. It's uh it is very strange. I I all the arguments I hear about well, who cares? It's not that big a deal. It doesn't happen that often. I don't know why it exists. The only reason I could come up with is that you intentionally keep fumbling forward trying to get a touchdown, but there's already rules against that. That's that's been stopped. So anyway, it's fucked. I hate it. Uh Browns you you, you screwed me over. But whatever. Mahomes is really good. And he had a yeah. lot like I've I was getting Josh Allen season one and two vibes in the Super Bowl because he was throwing some amazing throws and guys were just dropping them. Like all of a sudden they just everything didn't go the Chiefs way. But I was cheering for Tampa Bay anyway, even though I bet a lot of money on Kansas City. And uh I lost a lot lost. of money. I did. <laughs> So the most I've ever Sean, lost in any sporting event in my life. Sean, do you, you, did you watch any of the Super Bowl? So I watched the first half. <laughs> you know, I was more did excited for the, the commercials. The I did watch the halftime show. Yeah. Oh, barf! I hate the commercials. And uh, you know, yeah, the commercials weren't great either. But I mean, I'm curious what you, like. So obviously, the game got kind of boring. I lost interest for sure. Um, but I'm curious what your guys' take is on just, I mean, you probably discussed it already, but the whole Tom Brady thing, the idea of like a dynasty, I mean, I guess it, technically it's not a dynasty because now he's on a different team, but like just somebody who keeps winning over and over again. And like, that's kind of boring to watch. And yet that's like the ultimate achievement in, in sports. And it's like, what, like, you know, some people don't want to see that, but yet, you know, that's the ultimate thing. So I, it's a little bit strange that there's that conflict there. Well, it was boring when it was always with the Patriots, but it's definitely way more interesting when he switches to a team for one year and then wins. And I mean, that's all people talk about in the NFL right now, like Belichick and Brady and how there's no d- debate anymore. And is Brady the greatest athlete of all time or team sport athlete of all time? Um, he's really good. Like there's something about this guy. He is a charmed man. Uh, I don't know what else to say. He's screwed me over and my team over so many times, and I still can't help but uh, admire him, which is not easy to do, by the way. Like that's pretty impressive. You were actually rooting for Tampa Bay, right? That's what you said. Like you yeah. bet on Casey, but you were rooting for. I guess. I mean, once I put as much money as I did on Kansas City, I was cheering for Kansas City. So, oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I wasn't disappointed that Tampa Bay won because hmm. it's an extra nice little like uh, stab in the Patriots, who I hate. So right, yeah. And the Chiefs, which I didn't talk about, were so dirty in the game against the Bills. Like, absolutely, insanely dirty. They finally called a penalty when a guy suplexed a guy. Like, it was ridiculous. They were... It was pass, inter- it was pass interference every play, 
And now all of a sudden in the Super Bowl, they call everything against the Chiefs. So uh, that was kind of crazy. Thank God I remembered that because I was furious and almost had a heart attack. And now I might have one again because the disparity was ridiculous. Casey was so dirty against the Bills and no one talked about it. And then in the, in the Super Bowl, it's like, what? Now you're calling this stuff? Yeah, I agree. What's the difference? Brutal. The suplex was insane. I thought it was great. <laughs> Holy. That, I'd blocked that out of my mind. I'd moved on and put everything in a positive light, but now I'm getting very frustrated again. What, how did you guys feel about the, the the refereeing in the Super Bowl? I know that was a big issue for a lot of people. In the Super Bowl, I thought it was absolutely fine. Yeah? Greg? Yeah, no, I, I didn't have any issues with the, the officiating in the Super Bowl. It was just... Uh... You know the, the Chiefs couldn't get anything going, and um, you know it was it was mostly one a one sided game, and it, it wasn't exactly exciting. But uh, hey, the weekend performed. <laughs> yes, we got uh, we got a few days of that meme over and over again of him in the the was it mirrors? Is that what it was? Yep. Like a mirror light hallway or whatever. Yeah, I said as soon as it was happening, we had a Zoom kind of. Super Bowl viewing thing, and I was like, that's a meme. I'm going to see that. I, I literally knew the second it happened. That, that's all I was going <laughs> to say. But yeah. the Chiefs had a lot of benefit of the doubt from the refs leading up to the Super Bowl, including the helmet-to-helmet hit against the Browns and other stuff. So uh, they're a dirty team. I'm glad they lost, and I hope they never make it to the Super Bowl again. How's that sound? I think that sounds <laughs> Tom terrific. Um, I did enjoy so, Tom Brady's drunken celebrations though. That was excellent. <laughs> On the boat. Throwing the trophy. I'm, like that takes <laughs> Like that I know people have talked about this too, but if it goes in the water, what happens? Does he I think he jumps in the second it goes in. Probably. I mean, there's like all those stories about the Stanley Cup and crazy things that happen with the Stanley Cup. There's got to be something similar. I mean, the Stanley Cup's been in Welland. Who knows what's happened to the Stanley Cup in Welland before? (laughs) So before, uh, back uh, in September of 2020, before the NFL season started, uh, Frank, I put you through a game of likely (laughs) or unlikely. (laughs) And uh, I've got the results here. All right. There were uh, 16 of them. And... uh, not to spoil it, you did very well. Really? I did really well the last time with uh, the NBA one, too. Yeah. So this one, uh, I just I took hot takes from various NFL reporters and sports reporters that I found online and put them all together. And those are the, the likely or unlikely scenarios we uh, put Frank through. Before we get to that, I will add, I did yeah. predict Tampa Bay over Kansas City in the Super Bowl and Kansas City over the Bills in the AFC championship i got the we nfc championship that. wrong but not bad we, i i never get it right predicted. so i have to brag about it when i do yeah we both predicted the super bowl but i i, I picked kc to win uh, you know that damned turf toe that uh, <laughs> patrick mahomes had it's a devastating injury right, ever had a uh, turf toe sean not that i can recall i mean i might have i just didn't know what it was called all right, so here we go, uh, uh, Frank. 
First one was uh, Cam Newton leads the NFL in total touchdowns. You said unlikely, and you were correct. Uh, that was Aaron Rodgers who did that. Uh, the New England Patriots finished with a losing record. You said unlikely. You were incorrect. They finished 7-9. and nine. Uh, <laughs> Fuck. Joe Burrow will set a new record for most touchdown passes by a rookie. Uh, you said unlikely. You were correct. However, had he not been injured, he probably would have uh, broken that record because he had 13 before his injuries, and the record was 27. So he was halfway there. How many did Herbert have? Although he didn't play the first three games or something? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to check that. Um, so then I asked you, uh, Josh Allen will finish top three among quarterbacks and combined rushing and receiving touchdowns. Uh, you said likely, and you were correct. He did finish third uh, by quite a fair margin, but he was behind uh, both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. It's good company. Uh, Doug Marone, the Jags coach, would be the first coach fired during the 2020 season. You said unlikely. You were correct. Bill O'Brien from the Texans was first fired. Uh, Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins upsets Joe Burrow and wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. You said unlikely. And uh, Justin Herbert won Rookie of the Year, and you were correct on that. 31 touchdowns. So Herbert did break the record. Well, there you go. Um, let's see here. Um, Denver Broncos have a worse record than their 2019 record of 7-9. and nine. You said likely, and you were correct. They finished 5-11. and 11. Uh Denver Broncos win the AFC West. You said unlikely. You were correct in that. They finished last, and the Chiefs won that division. If we're giving caveats for the, we have to say Denver also played a game without a quarterback. If that... That's true. Uh, Denver was, uh, uh, they were not great with uh, COVID protocols. When uh, when all of your quarterbacks hang out together and uh, they were exposed to the virus <laughs> and then they all can't play, that's bad news. Uh, let's see. Matt Stafford will pass for at least 5,300 yards. You said unlikely. That was correct. He just passed uh, over 4,000. Uh, Dak Prescott is the MVP. You said unlikely. Uh, Russell Wilson is the MVP. You said unlikely. Both of those were correct. It was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no team in the NFC North will hit double-digit wins. You said unlikely. You were correct. The Packers did finish with 13 wins. Uh, Browns halfback Nick Chubb will lead the NFL in rushing yards. You said unlikely. You were correct. It was Derrick Henry. Uh, Lions wideout Kenny Galladay will lead the NFL in receiving yards. You said unlikely. You were correct. As it was your boy, Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers would win the, uh, win the NFC South for the first time in 13 years. You said likely. That was incorrect. The Saints won the division. And finally, all four teams in the NFC West finished with at least a 500 record. You said unlikely. That was correct. The 49ers were 6-10, and 10, but they did have a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so 14 out of 16, you were right. Nice. Well, they were, to be honest, they are hot takes. It wasn't that hard. Yes. To, no. But I obviously hard. wanted to say that the Patriots would have a losing record, but I just have to, I fear the worst always, so. I, I should have yeah, done better. Really do. I should have done better. So uh, later on the show, we're going to play a game of uh, real or fake, and uh, Sean, you'll uh, be able to participate in that. Uh, the can't uh, wait. Do you, do you want to know the topic, or do you want to wait till we play the game? 
You can give us a little tease. The uh, topic is minor league baseball team names. <laughs> nice. I like it. <laughs> All right. So um, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the NBA, Frank. You said you haven't watched much. You've had some uh, issues with games being blacked out and you get frustrated with that. And so you haven't uh, watched. And when I beyond. do, the officiating makes me want to kill someone. <laughs> Uh, can I discuss that uh, uh, text you sent me a, a while back when discussing the Pelicans? Um, I guess. <laughs> I don't remember uh, what it is. but Well, because I, I had saved it as a screenshot and tweeted <laughs> out because it was so funny. But uh, anyway, so I texted you about the Pelicans and I said, hey, the Pelicans are looking good. And then like 10 minutes went by and then <laughs> I got a barrage of texts from you. <laughs> And it was, these fucking zebras haven't called shit in the last four minutes, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> Snapping. I hate this game. Brandon Ingram shit the bed the last five minutes. Ever since you texted me, this team has been garbage. I blame you. <laughs> and then three minutes passed, and you typed LOL. <laughs> and I replied, whoops. And that was the end of the conversation. Is that the, was that the first game against the Raptors? Or? Uh, it might have been. Oh. I don't remember the date of it, but... Oh. I can't take very, it. Very Honestly, I get so mad. Watch. It's probably better that I'm not watching a lot. I keep my blood pressure down because I, it's like my dad. He used to tell me, Frank, calm down. It's just a game. Like I lose it. But, but uh, uh, the Pelicans are kind of stanky. Yeah. You know, but, uh, a lot of stories uh, happening. Like uh, injury seems to be the, the big story right now in the NBA uh, with, you know, uh, Davis and Lakers going down and um, they lost four in a row without him. Um, and then uh, uh, Durant is out. They're both out uh, to at least the All-Star game. Uh, so that seems to be one of the big stories this year. Um, considering they didn't really have much of an offseason, mm-hmm. uh, they went right from the playoffs and the championships, and then they were back in weeks. Um, so I'm not surprised that we're getting these types of uh, injuries. But, um, you know, uh, anything surprising to you from some of the teams that are doing well? Uh, well, Phoenix is definitely not surprising me. Like, I thought they were going to do well. So uh, that's been nice to see. Although my ultra, bo- awesome to watch. ultra bold prediction of Chris Paul getting MVP might not happen. But he's he's definitely had the impact that I, I thought he might with that team. Uh, Denver's poor record is pretty surprising. Yeah, I should say another aspect to NBA, which makes it like – not that I don't want to watch it, but like my Instagram search feed is basically all NBA stuff. So I feel like I see all the news stuff. I, I don't really feel compelled to watch entire games and I see highlights. I see basically all the snippets of the important stuff I see through Instagram, which is kind of rare. And it had me thinking as well. Do you remember the show NBA Action? Yes. It was a weekly show recapping the NBA. Yes. And, I mean, to some degree, NBA inside stuff, although that was probably us, like more about stories and stuff like that. I watched inside stuff. I don't remember action. Yeah, NBA action is just a highlight show, really, but I miss that show. I don't know if it's still on somewhere. Like, I wish there was a way I could... Or the way people do recaps. I wish there was NBA recaps. Like, I'm coming in... I would like a recap for each team to get me incentivized to start watching 
the second half of the season. Like, give me a, th- a half an hour summary of each team that's an- detailed enough that I kind of know the entire team from star to bench, bottom of the bench, and like, I would watch a half hour recap for every NBA team. I think that would be intriguing and it would get people interested in the league. Uh, you know, that maybe we're watching football before or whatever. I know all-star break seems to be like a halfway point, although it's earlier this year, but you know, for me, I've missed a lot of stuff and I'm like, I wish I could watch everything, but you know, highlights don't really tell the story of that stuff. So I think each team telling their own story or like a, a video crew on each team would be extremely compelling. Yeah, I would I would agree, but uh, that's, uh, that's that's a, a good idea, action. right? That doesn't exist. No, I mean it reminds me of something like the Road to the Winter Classic or something like that that they did for a few years with the NHL, which I always loved. Just something that's like more documentary style and really gets into the stories that are happening in a season. Like, I mean, I would watch something like that. Yeah, I, I think I think that probably does exist with the regional sports channels in those areas that the teams are. But I mean, on a national level, I would probably yeah, for sure. I think the Raptors have like a, but even then, I think it's a weekly episode, like where it's what's going on with the Raptors, and I think they could maybe edit that down or something. And I mean, it's a lot of work, but uh, I would watch that for sure. But yeah, a lot of uh, sorry. Getting back to surprises, I mean, Philadelphia. I don't know if they're surprising. I thought they'd be worse this year. But Embiid has been really good. Um, the Nets are obviously the team most people are talking about with three uh, offensive superstars on their team. Uh, Durant's clearly uh, the best, but everyone, it, it's tough to argue. I still think they're built for regular season success, not necessarily playoff success, but who knows? Sorry, Sean, you were going to say something? I was just going to ask uh, I don't know if this is a story or what's going on. I just happened to catch something on social media about the Knicks and that they're like, I I, I didn't understand if the tweet was that they're actually doing well, because I think they're like in fourth or something or tied for fourth. But like, is it that they're doing well or is it that their whole conference is terrible? Because they're like at 500 or something. A little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, the the conference is terrible, uh, but uh, the the Knicks being 500 is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. And it's interesting because in the West, there's a lot if you look at the top eight teams in both conferences, like the bottom four playoff teams or even bottom six are not that different. Like they're hovering around 500, but I I think the argument is the, the level of competition and teams playing each other in the West is a lot tougher. Uh, Yeah. But it's mostly that the Knicks are actually 500, which is, it's been a while. And Julius Randall is, uh, pretty much consensus most improved player um and they're doing really well with Thibodeau as their coach but Boston and Miami are pretty disappointing like I thought Miami was going to be amazing I me too I'm trying to see how many like Jimmy Butler was out for a while right like yeah I mean every every team's had some sort of injury yeah so I still think Miami's really good and uh they're still my pick to win the or I think they're my pick to win the East. No, I think it was Milwaukee to actually go to the championship with Drew Holiday. Um, but I think Miami's still going to be really good. Uh, but you know, beyond the Lakers, uh, like the Suns and the Warriors are have been my team favorite teams to watch. Um, I think uh, you know it, it's it's a shame that uh, 
Um, you know, Clay Thompson is still hurt because, man, the Warriors would be yeah. even better than they already are. And they're playing really well without him. I love Clay Thompson. He is the greatest. I wish he was on. I've said it a million times. I wish he was on my team. If I, any player, I would take him. Uh, but the Pelicans, like, they are pretty boring to watch. Like, except for Zion, like, dazzling here and there, their actual offense, it it puts me to sleep, man. I can't take have it. They, uh, they, have they had uh, injury issues? Uh, honestly, not really. They've been pretty good now that I think about yeah. it. So yeah, and um, Stan Van is is he playing uh, Zion to your satisfaction? Yeah, lately it seems like I still don't think he's getting enough shots. Like he's shooting, what's his field goal percentage? It's absolutely ridiculous, and I I still don't think he's taking enough shots. Uh, let's let's see these stats because it's it's pretty crazy. But I mean, it doesn't necessarily translate to wins. So I don't know what the answer is. I feel like they're going to make tra- like that. I feel like they're going to be making some trades big time. But their defense is awful. When I, I was watching a lot more games, the first ten or twenty games, they gave up wide open threes constantly, constantly. Their defense is horrible. Uh, so, and that's supposed to be what Stan Van Gundy's good at. So I don't know what's going on sometimes with that team. But let's see. His who's a, field goal who's percentage your- is almost if we round up. 70%, 69.7. Insane. Who's oh, no, that's versus early... Utah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. who's, uh, who's your early pick for uh, MVP? Mm, I mean, it's, I would say it's got to be LeBron at this point, no? Yeah, I think so. I'm low-key. I know I'm a homer, but I think Zion might make a push in the second half of the season. I think he's going to get more. I think he's going to get way more playing time. I think they're going to go on a run. They've had a pretty hard schedule so far, uh, or they did at one point, and I think they're just going to say, you know what, Zion, take over. And I they, think he will. Gonna have to make the playoffs for that, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they will. They're eleventh. They got a long way to go. Well, there's a play in too, but yeah. I think they're going to do it. Has uh, has COVID been an issue for the NBA this season? Uh, yeah, they, they have canceled uh, some games, but uh, it hasn't been too bad. Yeah, there's been yeah, quite a few deferred games and rescheduled. So, Yeah, I was noticing a lot of that happening with the NHL this season, and it just gets to a point where it, I don't know, man. Like, that's a lot. Like, it felt like there's a lot of games that have to be made up, and I don't know. I, as, as sports fans, I don't know how you guys feel about it. It just feels like these weird seasons that, there's so many factors going on like how can you really say you know a certain team is done better than other teams when there's just all these other extenuating circumstances maybe yeah, it's not that you know, big of a deal it, uh, I don't know. well no i i think it is a a big deal especially with the um you know the teams that seem to have a, a better control over it uh, um like there was a story earlier with uh, with the Lakers and you know and LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of you know addressed the team and said hey you know like you know everybody counts on each other to make sure that we're always staying uh, safe and we're we're not uh, putting ourselves in bad situations uh, and you know there are, there are teams that haven't had any issues at all I think the Lakers are one of them they haven't had any uh, 
uh, postponements uh, because of anything that they have done. So I, I think it, it all rests on the, the players just to be smart about things. And I think a lot of the issues come come around with like these hanger-ons with the with the teams that uh, you know there's more people around the players than should be, I guess. But we'll see. I'm, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to get all the games made up. Uh, it's bizarre that they're having an all-star game. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. That seems to be the biggest uh, COVID-related story right now, whether or not the all-star game should happen. and Because it doesn't seem to be like the players actually want to play. Yes, correct. So It's all about the money. It is. Like, I th- wasn't there some talk a few months like or weeks ago about restructuring deals and stuff like that? Because... I think they're losing a lot of money. I, I don't know for sure, but I mean. Yeah, I think they definitely are. But I think every league is losing money. Didn't, didn't the NHL take a, a loan out or something like that a while back? Uh, I believe they did get some money, yes. Yeah, so. I figure part of this is they 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 might not have any choice or less choice than usual. Uh, yeah. But I should. I need to watch more stuff. I I need to. You gotta get on that. I do. But all the good games are on TV, which I don't have. So I guess I might just have to uh, spend some money. Like, what the hell's the deal? It's twenty dollars. Get up, get up on your roof and put up the rabbit ears and uh, see what you can. Well, get. I get the ABC games and stuff like that. But right, yeah, I'll just I'll bite the bullet. Who cares? Get real. Isn't there uh, <laughs> like an app, like uh, an app that you can? Uh like a Sportsnet app or whatever that you can uh, pay for separately? Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll get, like, I have Bell 5. I just right went down to basic cable. But for two or three months, like, what's the deal? You know, like they, they, I don't think they do have that because I was looking into that at one point. Like, we were briefly talking before the show. That I, like, this is one of the big reasons, not the only reason, but one of the big reasons I've been so out of touch with sports over the last while is I just, I don't have cable TV. I do have access to my parents' uh, TSN account because they have cable, so I could get that. But, um, you know, it like just if you just want to pay, like I was looking even for something like when the World Juniors were happening, it's like, can you just buy a package just to watch that? They don't have something, at least not something reasonably priced. It's kind of surprising, but I think live sports are the last bastion of cable TV, really. Definitely. All right, so let's uh, let's get on to uh, one of our uh, reviews here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Mighty Ducks, uh, directed by Stephen Herrick, written by Stephen Brill, starring Emilio Estevez. Uh, originally out October second, nineteen ninety two, when I was a uh, a young lad of seventeen, uh, just under fifty one million at the box office. So <laughs> I would say a success. At that time, quick synopsis, uh, Gordon Bombay reminisces the day he lost a crucial game for his team, but life gives him a second chance to redeem himself and find new glory, only this time as a coach of a weak hockey team. (laughs) (laughs) What a great synopsis. So, So, Frank, since you're the only one that has seen this movie and you've seen it repeatedly, tell me your thoughts. What'd you think of it? Uh, I've seen the Mighty Ducks many, many times. It's probably been, like I said, 30 years or no, 28 years since I've seen it. 
and I it's tough for me to separate because I would watch movies when I was a kid and I would just watch them 20 times. I don't even know if I liked them or not. I just <laughs> knew they were popular and I would watch them over and over again. I think I liked it when I was young, but uh, I did not enjoy it as much this time. I think Sean liked it more than I did on this viewing and I don't know. It just... It's like a Disney movie, basically. And I, I got to rewatch Cool Runnings, too. It's been a while. I remember loving Cool Runnings. Although, I can say, I don't think I owned The Mighty Ducks. I definitely owned Cool Runnings. Uh, but I love John Candy. Maybe I did own The Mighty Ducks. I don't know. But I definitely remember very little about D2, which makes me think I wasn't that big of a fan of D1. And I don't know if I've seen D3 or whatever it's called. Oh, it is D3. I was joking, but that is the title. Uh, <laughs> but the one, so a few thoughts. Number one, I, w- I was shocked at the influence of other movies. Number one, Home Alone. Like there's a sequence at the beginning where it's like a ripoff of, uh, I can't, I don't know the name of the piece of music from Home Alone, the class, like where they're, it's all the accelerated stuff. Yeah, and it goes in fast motion. Yeah. They just copy that completely. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You're talking like Mighty Ducks influenced by Home Alone. I tried to make the same argument about Dennis the Menace, and you would not have it. I don't get it. Well, this was like blatant, just ripping it off. And now, <laughs> although I got to be fair, I watched Three Men and a Baby as well, and they did like the accelerated sequence first. So, <laughs> And it was the top grossing film of 1987. So maybe there's a, a chain reaction there that needs to be discussed. I'm trying to see the order of when, because he did he direct Stephen Brill Heavyweights. Um, Stephen Brill wrote Mighty Ducks. Yeah, but I think he, yeah, he directed Heavyweights, but that was after Mighty Ducks. I couldn't remember the order, and they they're kind of in the same. I've only seen Heavyweights once or twice, but they're definitely. There's a, a similar vibe with both. That could be another chain reaction. I I'm assuming heavyweights is on Disney Stars. Uh, is, that, is that a is that a wrestling team? I don't no, know. I think I it's uh, like kids at a fat camp or something like that. Oh, oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, and I, I th- like Ben Stiller's the the counselor at the camp or something like that. So yeah. this movie. Uh, obviously had a lot of influence on the NHL and Judd Apatow wrote uh, heavyweights as well with Stephen Brill. So, okay. Oh my God. Sorry. What Maybe. were you saying, Greg? Well, I was just saying like the, this movie had a lot of influence on the NHL. Yeah. As we actually got a hockey team in Anaheim. And obviously that was the whole Michael Eisner thing. Cause I think he was part owner of the, of the Anaheim hockey. Oh, team. really? I think so. Now, when the team, I was trying to remember this, when the team started in the NHL, it wasn't the, it's definitely not the jerseys from the movie, which I remember bothering me. They were like a slightly different version, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Even though the typeface for the names on the back of these jerseys is the worst. The M looks like it was a misplaced, like upside down W. And it looks awful, like on, on some of the the players' names really barf inducing like those jerseys are gross they're some of the grossest jerseys in the history of the world but when the ducks had the uh like the disneyfied duck goalie mask 
Like, that's iconic. That is an amazing logo. I don't care what anyone says. Combining Disney and hockey, that's as good as it gets. Like, the classic Disney duck bill from a Donald Duck or something like that, like, that is huge. Absolutely huge. No, I think uh, it was it was it was a big deal, especially for the NHL at the time. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think that logo uh, with the goalie mask uh, was was pretty awesome. Sean, you were saying? Well, did did they drop that logo now? Like because they've dropped Mighty from their name, right? Oh, that yeah, that logo's gone. I don't know if it's part of any retro jerseys, but I want to add. There's a secondary logo, Mighty Ducks of Anaheim which is also a, a variation on the Disney duck, very similar to Darkwing duck, which mm-hmm. is also excellent. Well, and they, they did have an animated series as well around this time, I think, right? They the Mighty did? Ducks, where they were actual ducks playing hockey, some, and they were superheroes too or some, something. Oh, like I that. remember that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. But now that you say it, I think there was toys too. Oh yeah, probably. That, yeah, that's a so, big deal. But also, just uh, in terms of '90s movies, like being weird, and even Three Men and a Baby, which is a family movie. Like, there's heroin smuggling and uh, salacious philandering by the stars and all this stuff. And I mean, it was a different world. Like a lot of the stuff in these movies, it's it's crazy thinking back to what even just when I was 12, how different movies were. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I had a big problem with this movie right at the very beginning. Oh, the soft like, flashback look, which is horrendous. <laughs> like, that glowing flashback, barf. That wasn't uh, wasn't really my concern. But just the <laughs> like, so the flashback to uh, a young Gordon Bombay taking the the penalty shot. Now he he, he hits the post. Right and and the other team celebrates, but the game was tied, and the announcer kept saying that he could win the game when he scored, but hmm. he missed. So the game was tied, and the other team starts celebrating, and all of a sudden now his team has second place. But I, how? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's I a feel Bill like Buckner scenario. They mentioned that they lost in overtime. I think, but. They? I think, but you're right. Like the moment doesn't make sense. Like I guess, yeah, you'd celebrate because he didn't score, but it seems like a big celebration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like uh, if the rest of the team couldn't score in overtime before the team did, that's not Gordon Bombay's fault. Yeah, the whole premise of the movie is bonkers. Well, yeah, and I mean the fact this guy's like a lawyer. Which I didn't know that was part of the story, but well, that was and, part of the I, '90s too, right? Like everything was yeah. a lawyer joke, and yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but just that this thing still haunts him, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess maybe for some people, like that might be a, an issue, but it just seems crazy that that's still stuck in his his psyche. Well, I, I suppose if that's the last time he played hockey, then obviously it would. Uh stick in your brain a little more you have nothing from being that age sean that sticks with you that you still i mean i don't know i guess like yes i i i can recall not for me but i I remember there was a friend of mine who um they were in like the the playoff the final playoff game like the championship game and uh i think 
they like tripped and fell. They were playing defense and they tripped and fell and the other team scored and like just got harassed constantly at school afterwards. So I, I guess, yeah, there's well, just, not just sports where, related, but anything like I'm still traumatized by stuff that everyone, anyone else would have moved on by. And I still have flashbacks to when I was 11, 12 and I cannot let stuff go. Like I literally, yeah. I can't, well, I, I cannot move on from that, things that, that, that you don't move on from uh, experiences. That doesn't really surprise me at all. Yeah, me neither. You know, but Sean, we were talking before the show that you remembered getting your bike stolen. Yeah, well, that was, very, yeah, that was a traumatic event. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I, I guess I kind of thought the movie was watchable for you know coming into it for, for the first time and it certainly is dated and there's stuff about it that's awkward and you know i guess Stephen brill was a big hockey fan but part of the movie feels like it's written by somebody who maybe doesn't understand hockey like there's just a lot of weird things that don't really feel like hockey but maybe that's just you know them trying to play it up for an audience that wouldn't know certain things i mean the big thing that bug the heck out of me is people constantly having their helmet up on the ice or off like when he takes the penalty shot at the end and it's like he just takes his helmet off for it yeah i get it that's for the movie but i mean a lot of these players had the the visor the iTech clear visors you can still see their face but they had to make a point of anytime they could do it people don't have their helmets on which bugged me um but yeah, I thought by the end, and, and you know, again, maybe this was part of them trying to play up how bad they are at the start, and then how much they've improved by the end. But like, I think the final game, the actual hockey, kind of looks pretty good and and has a decent pace to it. But earlier in the in the movie, it just it feels like everybody's moving in slow motion. Like it, nothing, it didn't feel like an actual game was going on half the time. But maybe that was on purpose. A lot of the problems, I think, uh, and I'm going to sound like Frank here, but the lighting (laughs) in the games was terrible. Like, everything was dark, like they were all playing in a barn. Yeah, that was a little weird. Even if I think back to, like, I used to go and watch Junior B games and talk about how stupid it was that we were at them. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) it was something to do in high school, I guess. Hockey arenas are really bright. Like, oh yeah, even the shittiest arena is like, yeah, it's it should be better than it is in this movie. And uh, I mean, obviously, the gimmicks here are how ridiculous the Mighty Ducks are with some of their plays, their unconventional ideas, like the flying V and the a, girls a, on fi- the team. a figure skater uh, on the team, and the the I'm not sure what the figure skating move is. What what is it the the really fast spin called pirouette. I mean, I guess I don't know if that's actually what it's called in figure skating. But. I actually like that move. I think it's a good idea. Although, I think if anyone would have just stepped into that stick, uh, would have been a high sticking penalty potentially, and <laughs> the Hawks should have been, you know, taking one for the team there and stepping into that. But uh, I, I, w- I was surprised at uh, um, how they not only once but more than once they used the the term the oreo line yeah <laughs> they discussed the the two brothers with the 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 white kid in the middle that's that's problematic <laughs> um I did yeah, one of the brothers was jesse small a 
Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I didn't, uh, this I, was uh, he still has some issues right now, doesn't he? I, I don't know where that whole thing is at. I'm just like I don't. Uh, I I didn't remember that it was him in this in this movie. I kind of remembered. I forgot. Well, about him and the. Uh, I guess he's Italian, like the the guy with the leather jacket, like the super tough yeah. kid. I'm like, I totally forgot about this kid. Everyone else, I kind of remembered, um, but I, well, the, 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 the Italian, was, like the sh- the short Italian kid, I totally forgot about. The uh, the other black kid was from um, People Under the Stairs, right? Fool played Fool. Oh, I've Grant never seen People Under the Stairs. Quentin Adams, oh, dude, gotta watch it. Um, I uh, I did enjoy the. Uh, um, I, I had a feeling of what's the word um, nostalgia seeing a game between the Minnesota North Stars and the Hartford Whalers. Mm, yeah. I, yeah although I, the although the North Stars were wearing the Dallas Stars jersey, so I'm, I think it was that was in that transition where they. Yeah, moved, I was wa- I, I was wondering about that. I think there was like a year where they changed their name to like the Minnesota Stars, and they had that logo. Did, yeah. But, but yeah. uh, I did enjoy seeing those Whalers jerseys out there. Um, we had, uh, obviously, SAG card carrying members, Basil McRae and Mike Medano, <laughs> yep. making their uh, <laughs> film debuts. Although, strange choice to pick Basil McRae. Yeah, I, I read a, a, an interview with Stephen Brill that mentioned that. I guess he wanted Mike Medano, who was like, I think he was a rookie that year. He, was, he probably would have been, yeah. And so he wanted him. And but he was a little bit like uncomfortable doing it, and Basil McRae was just like, "I'll do it, whatever." So like they kind of brought him along to loosen him up, and just I don't know, he ended up carrying the scene. And one of the other things which I I still don't understand was the popular insult of cake eater. <laughs> Why? What, what does that mean? Like, like everybody just kept calling each other cake eater. I like cake. Uh, Isn't that I, a I, like like a take on manja cake? Like isn't that isn't no idea. isn't that what that translates to or something like that? I, I don't know. So according to this, UrbanDictionary.com, cake oh. eater refers to people saying they're so rich they can have their cake and eat it too. Got it. I was going to bring up the uh, the kid who keeps doing the Rob Schneider SNL oh, yeah. impersonation or whatever. I mean, I got a I I I can't help but assume Frank, you you probably did a few of those on the on the playground back in the day, right? What's I missed that? Sorry, I was looking something up. The the kid who's doing like the Rob Schneider like oh my the god Frankenator yeah. <laughs> the Frankmeister sounds like something I would do. Yes, um, the. Uh, the um, I was thinking. I wonder if Stephen Brill secretly wrote that sketch for Rob Schneider, and this was his way of like saying, "Yeah, I wrote that," and or it was just pure thievery. Like, imagine if you just took the most popular sketches and just stole all the lines and put them in your movies. There was another Wayne's World influence, or in this as well. I can't remember what it was, but it felt like it became really obvious that they were just pulling from stuff that was popular. Uh, oh yeah, like at the time, and I mean Stephen Herrick. I didn't realize. I mean, he obviously directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, I've not seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead in a long time, but I remember watching it a lot when I was young. Um, 
three, but then he did a lot of Disney slash touchstone movies, three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, 101 Dalmatians, Holy Man. I mean, this is when I started to uh, check out from uh, the Disney family movies, but I don't know. I, he's directed a lot more than I actually remembered. Yeah, I so mean, he was the, definitely big in the 90s. The whole idea of this movie is that uh, um, Bay is a lawyer who gets a, a DUI, and then uh, as part of his community service, he has to... Uh, he has to, to coach this hockey team who has their practice on an open field covered in ice, it seems, uh, with no equipment. I don't know how they were organized for any games to begin with. They seem to be just a bunch of homeless children. That's what it appeared to be <laughs> in the movie. And then uh, so that's and then he falls for uh, is it Joshua Jackson, his, uh, his mom. He kind of falls for her, and they start a bit of a, a love story. And then there's... You know, a whole other thing of uh, uh, this other team using players that uh, or a player that should be playing on the Ducks and this. So there's a lot of a lot going on in this movie. But then, of course, you know, it, uh, they they take this ragtag group of uh, nobodies who can't win a game. Uh, they go all the way to the championships, and of course, uh, uh, they get into a situation again that uh, Gordon Bombay faced when he was a kid. They had an opportunity to win the game on a penalty shot. And, uh, and of course, he instead of picking the best player, he picks his girlfriend's kid, which is another problem altogether. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, Joshua Jackson, uh, Pacey, he, uh, he scores the goal, and the, and the Ducks win the championship. And then, and then we find out at, at the end that... Gordon Bombay now has a tryout with a minor yeah. hockey team <laughs> at the very end, which was super weird because he didn't show anything that he could still play. He yeah, the coach. The whole premise he, is he, he gave up, up skates earlier, man. <laughs> yeah, didn't he give up on hockey after losing that game? Like he hasn't played since he was young. It's it's very strange. It's not too often a coach gets a a, a tryout for it to be a player again. <laughs> I think he does a great job coaching, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a couple I of things. Bad, I, I feel bad for Banks. Like, yeah, he gets he's basically a pawn in uh, th- these two coaches' uh, schemes or desire to win. And then the only way he can prove his worth is by almost being paralyzed in a game. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's I, if his dad finally loved him. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's that whole thing with Banks. I was going to ask you guys, like. It seemed weird to me, and I'm trying to think if any like sports leagues I played in as a kid had this, but the idea that the kids are separated on team based on where they live, like, is that a thing? That it seems weird to me, because then you're going to end up with Not like to... all the rich kids on one team and like all the poor kids on another team. Like, it seems really like a problem. Not in this area, but I don't, I don't know if it's a thing elsewhere, but uh, no, that's not uh, something. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the the fact that they, you know, again, at the beginning, they all barely have equipment. They're, like, out there with, like, football helmets and, like, boxing helmets and just the weirdest stuff. Like, I don't think they would actually let you play with, uh, like, the goalie didn't actually have goalie pads. Like, no. I, I don't think they would let that happen. 
I think the thing that really they wouldn't let happen is using eggs on the ice. Like that would not be fun to clean up. No, or uh, the fact that they uh, tied the goaltender to the net <laughs> and just repeatedly fired pucks at him. Yeah, well, you know, there are definitely some unorthodox uh, drills in this movie. But I don't know. The egg thing kind of felt like maybe it was something I'd heard of before. I don't know if I'm crazy or what, but I don't know. It definitely would be a problem for if it actually does break. <laughs> But I think my uh, my favorite part of the movie was uh, the the kids are getting in a mischief in an alley and they're approached by uh, the three tough kids from the Hawks who are all out in their jerseys on rollerblades and they're pushing them around while they're on rollerblades because apparently that's their that's all they do is is, <laughs> is sit on skates and terrorize the neighborhood, which I found very funny. Yeah, that was good stuff. Um, but uh, so uh, over overall, uh, Frank, uh, this is the fifty fourth time you've seen the movie. So, uh, I, how, if how, I was to how, guess, I would say I overestimated a bit. I'd probably say this is my twenty fifth viewing. Okay, <laughs> and I did want to bring up one more thing in terms. Sure. We talked about it before the show. Uh, when they're talking about uh, Gordon Bombay, I believe with his mentor Hans, who we've yet, we've yet to mention yet. Uh, the skate sharpener, um, the father figure in Gordon Bombay's life. That actor has been, he usually plays a villain. Yes. Was, was, is he not diplomatic immunity from Die Hard, not from Lethal Weapon 2? Uh, that is a good question. I I feel like I know him from something else too. I was I'm embarrassed that I don't know what it is because I was, the whole movie, I'm like, how do I not know? Wait, for Lethal Weapon 2? Yeah, Lethal Weapon 2, the guy that says diplomatic immunity yeah, and then it looks gets like crushed. Him, yeah. Isn't that Hans? Yeah, I think it's Hans. Yeah. Oh. One of the greatest lines of any movie ever. The sequel to Bill and Ted's. He's Denomalos. That's the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, anyway, yeah, so the, yeah. he says that Gordon Bombay... In his when he played, he loved to play, and he had 198 goals, not points, goals. That's very clear. So I could see having 198 points, 198 goals in his season. A season is absolutely ridiculous. But we were debating this before the show, and I think it's a ridiculous number. But uh, I think they meant to say points kind of to speak to what someone was saying about you know it feels like it was written by someone who likes hockey but maybe not as much as they think they do i mean that's where it gets into like in the 80s it was kind of crazy and as greg mentioned before the show junior hockey the stats can be crazy i just did a quick look of uh gretzky's junior hockey stats okay 1970 with the Brantford Steelers he had 196 goals so they must have used that as inspiration so he's too better than Gretzky okay all right I take it back I take it back he had 378 goals one season 71 72 that's that's the great one though like yeah yeah like the the year that this movie came out uh Andrew Brunette uh when he was playing in the OHL for Owen Sound in uh uh, 60, 
uh, yeah, in 66 games, he had 162 points. So it's you know it's it's a lot, right? I think Mario Lemieux had a pretty insane record too. Um, I guess I thought the junior like whatever this we call this junior B whatever it is or uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be in Canada, but it just I thought the seasons were shorter. Like it was more like the season, like how long the season was seemed like that would be a ridiculous number, but apparently not. It sounds pretty doable. So I take it back, uh, Mr. Brill. Mario Lemieux in 1984 in the Quebec Junior League in 70 games, 133 goals, 149 assists. So 282 If they're playing 70 games, it's it's completely legit. Like, I could totally see that. I was thinking more like 30 games or something like that. But yeah, like the, the those Gretzky records, clearly that's where they uh, got the inspiration. I mean, yeah, you got the same hairstyle between Wayner back then and Emilio. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, so I think we were wrapping it up, giving our rating out of uh, well, two balls. A, like, uh, at what point in <laughs> Emilio's career was this movie? Because this was was this after Young Guns or before? After. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I was think after. Young Guns two was ninety or ninety one. So this kind of would have been ninety, like the biggest thing that he had done, and then after these three movies, he kind of disappeared for a while. Well, this is after Men at Work, which is a movie I've probably seen forty-one times. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not see Free Jack. Uh, he followed this up with Loaded Weapon One, and I guess he was riding high on Young Guns, Stakeout. Maximum Overdrive. No, another stakeout was after Mighty Ducks. So. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so I mean, this is peak for a while. peak Estevez, right? Like, yeah, yeah I would think so. D three, he kind of is is gone for a while until he comes back directing Bobby. He was also he had a small role in the first Mission Impossible too. Yeah, I remember him being in that and not having seen him in a while. Asta lasagna, don't get any on you. <laughs> It's a classic line. All right, so uh, Frank, out of two balls, what would you give the Mighty Ducks? I'm going to say something here that I am truly embarrassed about. Okay. I dropped semi-tier during the Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's, I was going to that say. That is a reflection of my disastrous emotional state right now. I was disappointed from the underdog sports side of things because I, like, I thought that's – that's got to still be in this movie. It's still got to work to some degree. And I did not really feel it personally did not get emotionally involved. I remember hating myself when like I started to develop. I'm like, what is going on? You've got problems. You need to go to a therapist. Do you remember what scene it was? Just the end. Like I I don't really like all the stuff. I'm like, this is sad. Uh, Anyway, I would give it a one ball. Sean? It's, a, it's one ball for me. I'm going half a ball. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, the hockey action wasn't uh, wasn't good enough, and uh, the flying V would never work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, I did want to talk a little bit about a new show that uh, debuted a couple weeks ago on NBC. Uh, starring one of my favorite people, Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, he's got a show called Young Rock, and it's a it's kind of a, a it's a show about his life before he became the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Uh, and uh, it kind of 
goes through three different phases of his life where he's a uh, where he's kind of an adolescent and then one where he's in high school and then his college life and it's all about his life with his mom and his future and his life and his future that's right uh and uh his dad the the great rocky johnson um and i kind of want to I, I know uh frank you are the the king of comedy and this is a sitcom in a way. <laughs> king of cynicism koc right um but yeah so like i, I wanted you to watch young rock so what do you think about young rock i did not like it but it's not to say it doesn't have its merits uh I actually thought the structure of having like the, th- I don't know if a show's done this before, like, like having three different ages, I thought all the castings were pretty good and it actually kept the show somewhat interesting and t- like bouncing back and forth between that stuff. And I actually liked the idea of casting people as old wrestlers. Like that was kind of fun. Yeah. Probably the highlight of the show for me was, you know, someone portraying, uh, the junkyard dog or Andre, the giant and stuff like that. And, um, I thought that's an interesting wrinkle and clearly seems like they know wrestling fans are going to be watching and want that stuff. Um, I, f- I don't like that. The rock seems to be, um, passively aggressively pushing pot- potential presidential <laughs> runs. <laughs> Although I, I mean, he, I don't think he'd actually be that bad to be honest, but, uh, he all, I think he's, does he say he's not interested in that? But I think he kind of is like, maybe he is. Maybe I'm making that up. I think, I think it's always been, uh, it's a joke something in the background, but yeah, it's kind of been like half joke. I, I think it started when he hosted Saturday night live and they did like the opening thing with him and Tom Hanks running as president, oh, okay. vice president. And, uh, I think it just kind of spiraled uh, from off of that. But um, I think I get the vibe in the show. It's also half joke, half serious. Like it's, yes, a t- it's- I, I think so too. And uh, I kind of like how uh, it uh, is set up with these interviews with uh, Randall Park, who's playing himself uh, in these interviews. And it's just him like telling stories. And that's how we get uh, kind of all these these flashback scenes. Um, but I, th- I think the, the actor that they've cast to play Rocky Johnson is phenomenal. And like he, he looks amazing. And uh clearly watched a lot of uh, Rocky Johnson's matches because he's got a lot of the movements down and I just I like those scenes of him in the ring uh, you know whether it was against Ric Flair or Piper or when they're at the flea market wrestling in front of mm-hmm. nobody um, I thought that stuff was was great and, and the casting of of uh, the actors playing uh, the older wrestlers is pretty fantastic too I know I didn't uh, know the Rocks coach at the U was the coach of LSU like they yeah. They got him in there. That's that's crazy. And uh, I know future episodes, there's somebody who's cast to play uh, Macho Man and someone to play a young Vince McMahon as well, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Sean, what did you think of the show? I uh, I didn't mind it. I mean, it's I, I, I think I'm a, a little more interested in the, the um, old wrestling stories, and I, I thought the casting was pretty solid as well. Um I guess my thing with a show like this is I'm always wondering like how much of this is true and how much has just kind of like been tweaked a bit for the sitcom. And maybe it doesn't matter that much, but like I do like hearing true stories about things, but then I'm kind of like, I want to know the true story. I don't want to like have it kind of set up for all these punchlines and stuff like that. But, um, I just didn't find it funny. Like, I think the structure is cool. I think the premise is cool probably feels like something I would have watched when I was 12 and loved it. 
Uh, but I just don't find it funny at all. Like, yeah, I think uh, like they're they're not really sugarcoating his relationship with his dad and, and the fact that you know he really was never around. But you know, as a kid, you know he's he's you know he's he's the line is it's always you know he's still my dad, right? And yeah, I hated that believe. part actually. Uh, but you know, that's, especially that's the fact that thing, the guy interviewing him is like, why did like he the the only reason that line works is because the interviewer says. Yeah, why we're all thinking, why didn't you leave? Would anyone leave their their dad's wrestling match because they were like it seems so weird. Like of course you stay, it's your dad. Like the fact that the assumption is everyone would leave if they were embarrassed because of their dad's wrestling match is kind of weird to me. I I don't think I, I think it was more of a leaving because the girl that he liked oh, maybe. was leaving and and just to leave with the girl because you still want to have your shot with the girl and he kind of gave that up. To, to stay and watch and watch the yeah match, i guess that, that's Rocky probably what it is i mean it's not horrible but i just i i will add another wrinkle uh the only or the not the only way but the way i watch this is with like my on demand on bell five and you cannot rewind or fast forward like you have to watch it in its entirety with a few commercials here and there and oh, i didn't know that when i did it I restarted the first episode by accident three times and that may have affected my (laughs) I'm like, if I hit restart on this one more time, I'm sorry. I'm not watching this. I cannot sit through this first 10 minutes again. I'm going to lose it. I almost, I kind of had a similar experience because I was watching it with the city TV app. Yeah. It's probably the same thing. And they, but they have commercial breaks. And so it went commercial, the first commercial. And then all of a sudden it restarted back before the commercial and then it hit the commercial again and i was like what the hell and it did it twice and i was like okay i gotta find a different way to watch this i'm glad you brought this up because i forgot to touch on this in the opening two things canada when it comes to commercials no worse place on earth (laughs) the the first of all online commercials if you watch a show through a canadian website you see the same ad i'm not even talking about like a bunch of times every break it's the same ad or same two ads and it's the worst and then the super bowl finally it was trending uh worldwide potentially the skip the dishes commercial with john ham and like all the stuff i've been complaining about for the last year <laughs> of watching nfl on ctv and seeing the same five commercials over and over again i've never been happier for a season to be over that I can stop seeing these commercials. Thank God. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, very repetitive because it's like four different sponsors. You know, it's, it's Tim Hortons or it's McDonald's or it's skip the dishes or there's like that one vacation or... commercial. The song was stuck in my head forever. And I'm truly thankful that I cannot remember it anymore. <laughs> there was a song that would play every time and I would find myself singing it and, uh, like being very angry and it's gone. I, I'm, I can't remember it. It's amazing. It's finally gone from my memory. I think you just secretly loved it. I did not. <laughs> but uh, will, will you continue to watch Young Rock, Frank? Certainly not. <laughs> Sean? I'm going to say right now, probably not. If this thing popped up on a streaming service that made it a little more convenient, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> Well, Frank, we're probably going to talk about it again, so you'll end up having to watch it. 
I don't think it's good. <laughs> if two episodes I can do, if I have to catch up on ten, that's that's a whole different story. No, don't worry about. But that. I might be intrigued right. by some of the casting. I I, I want to see this Macho Man and. Yeah, that is kind of interesting for sure. The guy playing the Macho Man looks pretty good, although um, you know he's just he's wearing the shades, so you don't really. I mean, yeah. Macho Man wore the shades almost all the time anyway. But uh, you know. the Iron Sheet casting was actually pretty good too. Yeah, you know, actually, I think all of them were. I, yeah, I, they obviously for the, for the Andre one, they there was a little bit of forced perspective mm-hmm. used, I think, because I don't think that guy is that big. But I, I think all the casting, the Moan Samoan casting, was excellent as well. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, early '80s wrestlers getting cast and, uh, and 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 seeing those guys pop up. I got my fingers crossed for Hillbilly Jim. Ooh. Maybe a maybe a snooker, although he did murder somebody, so maybe not. A <laughs> they probably won't have him. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I enjoy it. Obviously, it's it's kind of uh, in my wheelhouse of things that I enjoy. So um, I will uh, I'll continue to watch it. So, are you guys ready to play a game? Yes, yeah, definitely. All right. So this is a game of real or fake. And uh, I've got about, uh, I think, about 15 different uh, inter- uh, independent uh, baseball league team names, minor league team names. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware that some of the teams uh, have pretty bizarre names. I mean, obviously, you know, the Toronto Blue Jays isn't exactly a, uh, a normal team name, but uh, they get a little weird in independent baseball and in the minor leagues. So uh, what we'll do is you all guys have to uh, keep track yourselves of how many you got right and how many you got wrong. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll list them out, and uh, you just tell me if you think it's real or fake. And then each one, each one will Frank, you'll go first, and then Sean will go after you. Make sense? Okay. All right. Sorry, my headphones came out for a bit there. All right, so the first one, uh, the Montgomery Biscuits. This one I know for a fact is real. I'm going to say fake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is real. Uh, The Portland Pickles. Fake. Mm. John? Fake. It's real. Damn it. (laughs) My strategy was to try and uh, do opposite Frank this whole way, and I already blew it. (laughs) (laughs) The Hartford Yard Goats. Hmm. Fake. Real. It's real. Yes. The Rochester Red Deer. Fake. It's got a nice ring to it. I'm going to say it's real. It's fake. Damn it. The Bakersfield Train Robbers. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Fake. Sean? Real. It's real. 2-2, two, two, Sean. We're 2-2. Two, two. Oh, here we go. Uh, the Albuquerque Isotopes. Mm. Fake. Fake. It's real. Damn it. <laughs> I thought you were... The Sioux Falls River. Fake. The River? The that's River. The, that's the team name? Yeah. Fake. It is fake. The Binghamton 
Rumble ponies. <laughs> real. Fake. It is real. That's too good to be fake. You couldn't come up yeah. with rumble ponies. <laughs> I couldn't come up with that. <laughs> That's good. That is really good. Uh, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Real. Real. It is real. The Little Rock Razorbacks. Fake. It seems too too normal to be real. I'm going to say fake. It's a real team, but it's a university team. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said fake. Okay. The Richmond Flying Squirrels. Real. Mm, fake. It is real. The Amarillo Yellow Roses. <laughs> fake. Real. It is fake. <laughs> Amarillo is, is nicknamed the Yellow Rose, so I thought I might fool you guys. Uh, the, the Traverse City Beach Bums. Turn and mm. burn, Beach Bum. Real. I'm going to say real. It is also real. The Westminster Walnuts. Fake. Fake. It is fake. And whether this is real or fake, this is going to be, uh, I think, one of Frank's new favorite teams. The Brevard County Manatees. <laughs> I do like it, and it is real. It's got to be real. It is real. They're, they're actually defunct now, but they were, in fact, a real team. Did you know the manatees there, Frank? I did not. I oh. like the. I got to see the. Uh, let's see a hat. I almost bought a biscuits hat once. The oh, first wow. team. Yeah. So, how many did you get right there, Frank? 11. John? Not bad. I think six. You got I eight, think. Sean. Eight? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Good okay. thing I kept track. <laughs> Did you find the manatees? Yeah, I'm looking at the logo. Uh, oh, the logo it, isn't great. Well, the, I like the the one that's Marlins color. I assume they were a Marlins affiliate at some point. They were in Florida, so I would yeah. imagine, yes. Not great, but, you know, I dig it, kind of, not going to lie. But, yeah, like the, the Rumble Ponies and the Train Robbers. Rumble I want to see those teams play. Uh, yeah, I was just looking up the Rumble Ponies logo. That's a pretty sweet logo. It is pretty good. I mean, I even uh, there's a lot of amazing minor league baseball oh, team yeah. hats. We could do shows on minor league baseball. We've, we've done shows on minor league baseball uh, park foods before. So. <laughs> and minor league baseball movies, Major League That's Part right. 3, or Back to the Minors. That's right. So, like, the, the independent baseball. I love it. I really okay. like the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp logo a lot. It is a, that one's good, too. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, the Yard Goats I also liked as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the one you didn't mention, because you know I would know it's real, and I low-key look like the logo, the New Orleans Baby Cakes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't pick that one. I still need to buy that hat. Well, just because it's it's that terrifying mascot. Well, they do like food logos too, right? Where like the Bisons do like the wing logo, and yeah. uh, I think Coney Island did the chili dog, maybe or something like that. There were some good ones. 
or the Franks? No, it was the, the, the Coney Island Franks that I was trying to buy the hat for. And looks like the Rumble Ponies did a Stud Muffins logo variant. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, Sean. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Solid. And we might have to do a, a minor league rankings, like best logo hat. I might buy a bunch of these. I've been... I've been meaning to for a while, and this might have been the inspiration. You know yeah. what would have been a, uh, what, what what actually is a great idea? We could do our own uh, uh, March Madness bracket with these uh, logos. It's a good one. So pick who's going to win just based on the logo. No, you <laughs> yeah, just, just do our a... favorites. We'll do our favorites. Oh, you or you could do a bracket for real and like have yeah. people vote on it. I'm surprised it hasn't been done. I'm sure it has been done. It's, it it's a really good idea. Done. But I mean, uh, if if other podcasts are going to steal our ideas, we can uh, <laughs> steal things too. All is fair. I think so. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, let's pivot into uh, sack time. If you've got a question for us, you can always uh, uh, send us an email at balljunkpodcast.gmail.com or you can... Uh, Find us on Twitter, Ball Junk Podcast, or uh, The Gas Man Lives, uh, or either Ball Junk Podcast on uh, on Instagram. Frank has no socials, so if you got any questions, you can always uh, shoot them my way. So uh, I, got, I got it out just a little bit late. So we just have one question. Uh, uh, came through on, on Twitter. It's from Tim. And he said, uh, your favorite teams aside, which NBA team currently has the best aesthetics, colors, Logo, uniform design, arena floor. Now, Frank, I know you think about this stuff all the time. I do. <laughs> and one team popped into my head immediately. And that is? The Milwaukee Bucks. So so tell me why. I love their their logo. I like their uniforms. Like the weren't they like big on cream for a while? Like aren't they Yeah. I think where where am I? I love I love their floor a lot, and uh, yeah, it's the it's the Bucks all the way. I've always uh, I think maybe just because of of the history of the place, uh, but I always liked uh, the look of the New York Knicks jersey, and I like their colors, and you know that that floor is pretty historic. Oh, as and well. the, yeah, the Bucks, the Cream City jersey. How do I not own right. this jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I like a good cream jersey, and uh, it's one of the best. I, yeah, overall aesthetics. No, it's not even close. It's the Bucks all the way. All right. I should get a Sean, Drew Holiday have, Cream City jersey. That is what you I have, want. Do you have any opinion, Sean? Well, I was going to say I used to love the old Denver Nuggets, like that that kind of rainbow thing they had going oh, yes. on yeah. back in the day. I guess they don't really have that anymore. But, That's a classic jersey. I mean, we should have. Uh, we probably should have gotten into this at the start, but. You know, Sean, we how are you not saying your tricolor spurs? Like forget the new I, black I, and silver spurs, but like you love the tricolor spurs. Yeah, I do. I I did, I do. I mean, I still think their current logo looks cool too, but I don't know, I was just scanning the current NBA logos and not that many jump out to me. I mean, the Jazz, that's just, you know, kind of a crazy team name to begin with. Um but 
Yeah, I don't know. I like the Hornets, believe it or not. Next, like a close for me. I, I mean, I love the Hornets. I mean, old Hornets is my favorite with the pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Got me into basketball pretty much. Uh, and I do like the new one. But another one, I I don't love their jerseys, but my favorite floor, hands down, is Brooklyn. Like the kind of monochrome uh, floor is amazing. Have you seen that, Sean? Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. What about Raptors? What do you guys feel about the... It's gotten a lot better. Like, I I like the... Uh, the like footprint logo and the or the ball tear logo as well i think are pretty good logos mm-hmm. i the old purple fever era even though i went to a lot of games then was aesthetically displeasing even at the time <laughs> yeah what about the uh the uh the uniforms from the old uh aba team the uh, flint tropics I like them, and I like yeah. semi-pro. <laughs> I know you like semi-pro. <laughs> staunch defender of semi-pro. <laughs> yeah, I, I think right. that's... that's. I, I'm looking at other ones. I really like the Sacramento Kings uh, Lion logo. Okay, yeah, I Have remember that. Have you seen that. it? Yep, yep. I really like that logo. The recent one where it's like a, a light purple and gray. I love that logo. Well, thanks for your uh, email, Tim, on uh, short notice. Appreciate that. Once again, uh, balljunkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, balljunkpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, the Gasman lives on Twitter as well. So, uh, Sean, thanks for coming on to the show. Appreciate hey, thanks uh, you for popping having in. Do, uh, what are your socials? Where can people find you? It's all film junk, baby. At film all junk, film junk all the time. Yep. I heard uh, uh, there's a Guinness record. Yeah, that's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like uh, at some some point they're going to tell us that no, you got it all wrong. Somebody else has been going longer, but who knows? No one's going to care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No just, one's going to challenge ride that wave. Ride that wave. <laughs> and uh all right thanks for listening to the show guys and of course you can uh, uh find us on uh apple podcast google pod stitcher spotify make sure you uh subscribe and uh you know give us a nice five-star rating we would appreciate that and uh as we uh end the show all the time frank are you ready for the gas pedal yeah i thought you might give it to sean I thought Sean oh. might be our first guest gas pedal. I'm not going to be able to answer <laughs> half the questions. All right. I'll, 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 I'm always ready. Don't get me wrong, but I thought. Okay. I, I, did, I didn't want to put Sean uh, through that on. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. It is pain. It is painful. Uh, it is pretty, pretty painful. No, I'm just. All right. A gas pedal. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Frank, you ready to go? Yep. All right. New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell has made a video laying out the reason why Russell, Russell Wilson should come to the Saints. Will it work? No. Claude Julian was surprisingly the first NHL coach fired this season with two straight losses since then. Is it too little, too late for the Canadiens? No. 
Uh, Corey Kispert made three points. They made six three-pointers and finished with 24 points. And number one, Gonzaga remained the only unbeaten team in the country with a win over Loyola Marymount. Should Gonzaga be the favorite going into March Madness in two weeks? Yes. All right. Third baseman Hunter Dozier and the Kansas City Royals have agreed on a four-year, $25 million extension. Good deal. Don't know. (laughs) At all. This past Friday was the nine-year anniversary of Bowler Pete Weber's incredible rant. (laughs) Did you celebrate? No. And I was going to pull the clip today, but I slept in. (laughs) (laughs) And finally... Team Alberta takes on Team Canada in the semifinal of the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, Frank. Winner goes on to face Rachel Holman and Team Ontario. Who you got? Rachel Holman all the way. Hurling! Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Bye! Bye.